0: People, you know, those are um, weird people who um, usually get like plates, um, special plates, and they keep in a cupboard, and they don't they don't bring out those plates till like like once in a while, you know, like Christmas or something like that. You know, those those kind of people. Yeah, it's really weird people. Well, we are one of those weird people. <laughs> well, actually, I'm sure a lot of us are. Uh, Lou is pr- is probably like. The, the, is more of that kind of person, but I'm married to her, so I am that weird kind of person. So basically, we do we do have a set of plates, maybe about ten of them, some cups as well, which we keep in a special cupboard, to, not to be touched, and we only bring it out on special occasions, maybe on a Christmas when we're hosting, maybe on a birthday party, and we we'll bring it out. And as soon as we bring it out, we wash it and we we'll put it back in the cupboard straight away, and it goes it goes away, and it's not. Um, it's not to be used to afford notice. And I remember once, I think it was last year, maybe on my birthday, we brought it out again for a party that we're having. And we brought them out again. We washed them straight away, put them back up, but one of the plates happened to... Um, no, it didn't break, no. It happened to be, be, be left out of the cupboard, so it, it ended up going into the regular cupboard. So, anyway, the, um, the plate... Was just in the rare cup, so one day I just uh, picked up this plate um, and I was about to start eating with it. And next thing I hear this scream. It was probably it was probably not a scream, but the was like, "No, you, shouldn't, you should not use that plate." And I'm like, what, "What? What? What? happened?" She's like, "You can't use this plate because it's a special plate. And if you keep using it as a regular plate, then it's going to cheap, It's going to break. And we won't be able to use it. And it will not complete the set. And you know the whole thing." So anyway, I was like, "Okay, sorry. I'm going to put it back away." And it's, it's just a fun story. But the point of my story is, like, you know, like those, those plates, like, those, those plates, we... It's, it's actually a nice thing to have nice plates that you keep away because it makes the occasion nicer when you bring it out. But actually, those plates, um, we do put them away. We do set them apart for a particular purpose. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today, being set apart for a purpose. You know, we as Christians, we have been set apart When we become a Christian, you are set apart for a purpose. Um, But unlike the plates, we are not actually put away to be displayed at Christmas, at New Year, on Easter, on a birthday. We are actually being put on display for a purpose every day of our lives. You know, the purpose I believe that God has set us apart for. I believe that God has set us apart for a purpose. And the purpose is, is what I believe... Um, Jesus says in Mark 12, verse 30 to 31, when they asked him, "What are the, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. You know, we have heard this morning in, the, in our worship about God wanting to pour out his love on us, and our response is that. We ask them to captivate our hearts. We captivate. Our hearts are captivated by him. You know, some years ago, uh, I think about a few, I can't remember how long ago, some really clever people paraphrased this verse. And they said, we are loved lovers loving others. It's a really clever phrase, isn't it? And I'll be touching on this a bit later. But before we get there, you know, I wanted to take us on a really um, quick journey through Scripture to see how God... Has always chosen or set apart a people, a person, or a nation for himself to fulfill his purpose. You know, if you if you have not listened back to Richard's message last week, it was really, really good. And you know, Richard has got this such a gift to be able to compact so much into such a short time. And I, I I, I've i not got that gift, unfortunately. So I'm not going to <laughs> um, do what Richard did last week and try and go to the scripture like he did. Because he did such a great job going through the big scripture from the beginning to the end and showing us the gospel of the kingdom of God. So I would encourage you to listen back to that because it was a really good message and it really um, impacts us and it really encourages and and, um, helps us to be able to understand the gospel of the kingdom. So I'll go, you know, tighten your seatbelts because I'm going to go really quickly through the Bible. I'm going to um, drop some... um, Bible references, but I encourage you in your own time, go back and listen to those, and um, read those Bible verses by yourself or, and to, to get a b- better understanding. So we see in the beginning, and Richard talked about this last week, that God obviously created man and woman, God created Adam and Eve, and he gave them a purpose to have dominion over the earth. He brought them out and created them to have dominion. We know what happened, there was a fall, um, they, they, they were not able to fulfill that purpose, and, and God a redemption plan in, into place and then we go through scripture we get to a, a man called Noah Genesis 6 and he is there God has called him out of this evil that's happening in the world and he, he, he wants to restore humanity through, um, through, through Noah and after Noah again humanity fails and we go and we, we get to a, a man called Abraham Genesis 12, we see this man who God calls out of his family, and he calls his family out of his family, and he says to him in Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation, and through you all the nations will be blessed. Now fast forward um, very quickly, you know, um, Abraham grows up, he has a kid, and he has a family, and then his family becomes a nation, and nation is called Israel. Now we see in, in um, Exodus, we see this nation in captivity. And this nation is um, in captivity and they're crying out to God. God rescues this nation from captivity and brings them out for a purpose. And he brings them into the wilderness on the way to the promised land. And in the wilderness, he, meets, he, he comes and encounters them. And he meets up with um, you know, their leader, who was Moses at the time. And in Exodus 19, verse 3 to 6, this is what God says to Moses. It says, that Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain and said to him, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourself have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you would obey me fully and keep my commandments, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the earth, earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." These are the words you have to speak to the Israelite. Now, bear in mind that verse, because we're going to come back to you later. So, again, um, David, sorry, again, we, we, we see the Israelites accept this, and, you know, they, they decide to, you know, um, they're called out, and they accept that they, they are a different people a set apart. But well, we know what happened with the Israelites. Again, they fail. They rebel against God time again, time and, time and time and time and time and time and time again, and they keep failing God, and God keeps redeeming them, God keeps rescuing them, and then, eventually, we see a glimpse of this promise. It's like it's almost like this promise is about to be fulfilled, and we see David, a king, a man that God calls after His own heart, and we see a kingdom uh, that represents what uh, a glimpse of what God wants to do. We see the pinnacle of David and and some of Solomon's reign, where we see a nation, a prosperous nation, a nation that is um, called out, a nation that is separate, but also a nation that is a blessing to the world around us. But we know what happens. Um, Again, they fail, and they fail, and they fail, and they fail, and they fail. And we go through scriptures, and you see lots of failures. But you know that God's plan is still in place. And then we're introduced, thousands of years later, we're introduced to a king, another king, and this king, this time around, he is going to be the king that brings everything to fulfillment. And we introduce our, to our king, Jesus. And Jesus comes and is born, you know, Christmas Day, you know the story. You know, we're all about Jesus. Jesus is everything. You know, we sang this morning, it's all about him. Um, so we know the story of Jesus. And And here is Jesus um, towards the end of his life, uh, before he's he's about to die, and he, he, he calls his disciples to him, and he says to them in John 15, from 15 to 19, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you this is my command love each other if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first if you belong to the world it would not love you as its own as it is do not belong to the world but i have chosen you out of the world this is why the world hates you so we can see that jesus calls his disciples, and that also includes us because we are disciples of Jesus. Jesus calls his disciples to be those he has chosen and appointed to be out of this world so that they may go and bear fruit. You know, Jesus set apart his disciples for himself. You know, we know the story. Jesus died. He rose again, which is incredible. He ascends on earth. He sends his Holy Spirit and the church is birthed. The church comes to life, and these are the people that Jesus called out to be those who bear fruit. Thirty or so years later, we read a letter written to this church. The church is now being persecuted and scattered around the world, um, around Asia, around um, Rome. And one of the apostles, one of the disciples who Jesus spoke to face to face, who was in that um, scripture I was just reading, Peter, he sends a letter to the church. So if you have your Bibles with me, um, let's read from 1 Peter 2, verse 1 to 10. So it will be on the screen as well, so you can follow along if you've not got your Bibles. But it says, Therefore, I'm reading from NIV, it says, Therefore, read yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, and of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow in your salvation. Now, and in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, But chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay down a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builder rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fail. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also why, they, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are, you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then it goes on um, through First Peter just talking about how we're to live godly lives um, in a society that is not godly. I encourage you again to read that back. It's just an incredible letter to the church, especially it's so unique to us as a church because we are in a similar society now of how, we are also faced where we have to make a choice to live a godly life. And God, you know, see Peter here talking to the church in his letter about how we are a chosen people. If you remember from Exodus 9 um, six, when he says, God was saying to Israelites, I have called you to be chosen. I have called you to be my special, my treasured possession. And Peter uses the same word here to describe the church. The church who is chosen by God to be His special chosen, um, special possession, and it's just an incredible. It's just incredible to see the history, um, you know, from, from the beginning to where we where, where we are now of just our history in Christ, Jesus, our history in God, and you know, it's it's just a, a privilege to know that I am called out, just like the, you know, like God has called me as His treasured possession from the foundation of the earth. God has called me out. As a sp- special foundation. And that should make a difference to how I live. That should make a difference to who I am. That should make a difference to what I do and how I do it. You know, it just Im- imagine you, you are uh, adopted into a- an amazing family. Adopted into, say, the royal family, for instance. That will change who you are. That will change what you do. And that's what we are as Christians. We've been adopted into the family of God. We've been set apart for his purpose. You know, today I want to talk, I, I talked about um, before, the, um, the purpose I believe that we're called to. You know, we, we say as a church that we believe we are loved lovers loving others. And it's always good to re- remind ourselves about that, isn't it? Because that's who we are. You know, we've we've heard this morning, we've, we, we've heard God say to us this morning that, you are loved, that you are loved. And I just want to talk about a few things. I believe that is the purpose of why we've been set apart. I'm going to um, talk through those things. And the first thing I believe, why we've been set apart, is to be loved. You know, it's incredible the prophetic um, declaration we made this morning about receiving the love of God. And it's just so beautiful to know that I am loved. Even though, Even though that's enough, isn't it? Just knowing that I am loved. You know, actually, let's, let's just say that I am loved. I am loved. You know, it's I am, loved. I am loved. It's such an incredible statement, isn't it? That we are loved. And that's enough. That's enough to know that we are loved. Because everything else comes under that. Everything else spans from that. Everything else we do, it comes from our identity as loved sons and daughters of the most. And God has set us apart to, to love us. In Ephesians um, 1 from 3 to 6, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the earth, of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship, and through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us, the ones he loved. You know, from the beginning, from the foundations of the earth, he predestined us in love to be adopted to sonship through Jesus Christ. And that's it. From the beginning, Jesus has set us apart to be loved. And today, you know, I want to just encourage you, if you to, maybe you're not feeling that, um, you know, the word came this morning that we are loved, that we are the object of his affection. He wants to love us. He wants to pour out his love. Let him pour out his love in your heart because you have been chosen to be loved by God. You know, we are, it says we are, um, we are also set apart for love. You know, we're set apart to be loved, but we're also set apart for love. You know, we, we are those who are called to love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our minds, with everything that we've got. But no, 1 John 4, verse 19 says, we loved because he first loved us. So it's almost like, you know, like, you know, know, when you're dating someone and it's like, you're always like, you you know, you guys are going steady. And you're thinking, um, who's going to be the first one to say I love you? And God just, you know, kind of just just decided, you know what, I'm not going to play those games. I'm just going to say it. I love you. I love you. And he loved me. He loved us. Because of that, we get to love him in return. You know, we're set apart to love God. And when we love him, it, ch- it changes who we are, doesn't it? It changes what we do. John 14 um, says, if you um, love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my If you say you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will do what I've asked you to do. So if our lifestyle is not in line with what God has said we should do in his word and through what he's saying to us, then we have to ask the question, do we love Jesus? Because loving Jesus makes us different, makes us set apart because it makes us obey him. We are set apart for lo- um, to be loved. We're set apart for love and we are set apart to love others, to love those around us. You know, um, we are those who are called to be different to the world around us, to be able to love the world around us. We're called to be different to, to people in our lives, to our brothers and sisters. We have to love them with the love of God. First uh, John, again, 4 verse 20, goes on to say, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. But whoever does not love his brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So we're called to love everyone. We're called to love our brothers and sisters in this church, in, a, in, in the family of God especially. But We're also called to love the world around us. You know, the world needs us, needs our love. Isn't it? You, you look around the world, you see so much brokenness, you see so much... Um, shame, you see so much poverty, you see so much corruption, you see so much evil. And you, you could think, actually, I, can't, I don't make a difference. Or you think, I want to be like the world because maybe I feel accepted if I, if, I, if I am by the world. But actually, you are doing a disservice to the world when you decide to conform to the patterns of the world because the world needs a difference. They need you to be different so that you can make a difference. They need you to be set apart so that you can make a difference. You know, uh, 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. And when we display the, wo- the love and the power of God to the world around us, when we love the way God loves, we make a difference. And our Father in heaven is praised. Our Father in heaven is exalted because we have decided, we've chosen to be different so that we can make a difference to the world around us. You know, that's, that is the, that's our call. That's the call of our heart. That's the call that Jesus has, has, has given us. That's the purpose He's given us to love God. To love, to be loved by God, and to love the world around us. Everything we do should be in that, loving God, loving the world around us, and being loved by God. You know, this this morning, I would like um, us to just respond to that. Um, You know, I would like us to just respond to that, you know, we're going to be singing in a minute. But before we do that, I'd like us to maybe just have a thing to yourself and say, what area... In my life, do I need to set apart for God's purpose? You know, what area have I not laid down? What area is Jesus not Lord of my life? What area in my life is Jesus not Master and Lord of my life? Are there things maybe I I, I, I still do that maybe the world, um, maybe I do because of everyone else is doing it? Are there habits that I still do because everyone else is doing it. Are there patterns in my life that maybe are not in line with God? And God is saying today, I'm setting you apart. I am calling you out of those things so that you can fulfill the purpose on which I have sent you to do. I am calling you out of those things so that you can fulfill the purpose. And interestingly enough, some of those things are not even necessarily bad things. They might just be things maybe we actually have to lay down in a season. Because God is saying, actually, I want to use you for a purpose. There might be, maybe there's a, there's a TV show that God has been challenging you. Maybe there is a, um, maybe there is a that there's a habit that that you, that is not healthy that God has been challenging you about, and saying, I want to set you apart to be different, so you can be a difference maker. So let's just think of those things. Let's ask God the Holy Spirit. Let's invite the Holy Spirit into this moment and ask him to reveal those things to us. You know, the Holy Spirit is very gentle and he doesn't force us, he doesn't force us to do anything, but he's willing, he's always willing to make a difference in our life, to transform us as long as we are open, as long as we are ready to receive his transforming love. He's always willing to transform us. I'm going to invite the band up now to come. Sing a song. Um, the song is called "Christ is Enough for Me." I believe the song is a—it's a statement, but it's also a prophetic declaration in saying that I believe, Lord Jesus, you are enough for me. There's nothing that I need outside of you. Because everything I need is in you. And then, because I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And that's also. A statement, you know, a loyalty statement to say to Jesus: I am following you. I've decided to follow you. No turning back. No turning back. I've decided to be set apart, to be different, so that I can be a difference maker in the world around me, to the people around me, and I can receive everything you've got for me. Amen. Amen. Amen.